0: You're listening to your United, United Q, Q podcast. Q. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smoke with Shaq, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top notch service and free advice for beginners to pit masters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, in the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Marlo Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out uk, plus Facebook and Twitter. I'm Dan and I'm here with my co-host Ben. Hello. And on today's show we have Noel from Firefly Barbecue.
1: Hello guys. How are you doing? Uh, uh, fine, busy. Well, <laughs> fine, just recovering.
0: Yeah, good to be busy, good to be busy.
1: Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Do-
0: would you like to give us a, a bit of a background on, on Firefly Barbecue and, and yourselves and, and where it all began?
1: Oh, right. Uh, well, where it all began uh, is well, about six years ago, uh, generally. Uh, with both me and Sharon are both quite keen cooks. Yeah. Uh, doing every, everything in the kitchen and things like that. Usually having uh, small parties and things like that most weekends. Friends, family round and things like that. Cool. we got cookbooks from just about every chef you can possibly imagine,
2: from Dealey up to
1: the Rue <laughs> Brothers and things like that. It's a film in story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think barbecue, back back then when we started it, was pretty much the standard stuff. We had a we- little Weber kettle, uh, and it was so, like the sausages, burgers, chicken and things like that, you know, the standard. Yeah. like sort of stuff. Uh and it's like uh, the sauces that you get from the supermarket, you know, where you pour them on, they all look nice and thick, and then as soon as they come out of the oven or the barbecue, everything's like in a burnt pile at the side of it, where it's all melted and slid off. Mm. Uh, and then I think I think that was pretty much what we were doing at the time uh, as far as barbecue goes. And then it's like like one night, it's like just flicking through the uh, food channels on Sky and things like that, and we just saw this guy with a beard that had. Looked like he had the entire collection of Weber surrounding him. <laughs> so I had all the Weber kettles. He had the WSMs. Even had the turkey kettle there, which is like a huge thing, and all the gas grills and barbecues from other people. And it's sort of like sat there watching. He's in the grounds of this huge country club in America, and he starts rattling on about barbecue, low and slow, doing some ribs and things like that. Uh, and I think that was where it really started us off. Uh, so I can I can blame Steve Reichman for everything.
3: Yeah, I've watched a uh, lot of his shows, that like the like Barbecue University yeah. and stuff like that. That was, and
1: was it, Barbecue University. It was one of the old ones when he was into like uh, the grounds of this big country ha well, country club or something like that. Yeah, and it was just going on all the various different barbecues and yeah. different ways of doing it.
0: We were speaking to uh, Ray Lampy, Doctor Barbecue, recently, and he was saying that really that Steve was the first person to really be doing the cookbooks and everything. And that sort of led the way for the rest of them to move into the more commercial side of barbecue in the U S. Like it was, it was always bubbling away and he said, it's starting to bubble away. But Steve was the real first person that started going down that route of commercializing it. And that sort of led the way and, and sort of laid the path for other people to move into it, which is cool.
1: Yeah. It's like the, what the TV chefs have done over here. I think he did barbecue over there. Yeah. And it's like with the cookbooks and the TV show and just showing people what they can do because, you know, we always associate m- uh, barbecue with America and things like that. But even over there, it's all like proper barbecue, like, you know, Bob Gibson's and all things like it's, it's still quite niche in the competitions and things like that. And in it's like back in when you get into like the more populated areas, it was still not really heard of. Or you had the big chains doing it and things like that. Hmm. It w- wasn't really all that artisan stuff that it is now.
3: So how so how did you go about coming up with your sauces and stuff? Well, is it the sauces first or is it rubs well, or was it a bit both?
1: It was sauces first, right? Strangely enough. It's because we watched him and he saw like a, he did like some very simple sauces. And that's where we first got the idea of like, you know, just making a sauce just for what we were doing and trying ribs and cooking ribs at home. And just making ingredients from there, and I think it's also the time we had. Uh, what was it Jamie Oliver was doing similar things, and he was making sauces and things like that. And that's where we sort of like, started off on that, just making the mm. making the sauces for the chicken and the ribs and things like that. Nothing too fancy and things like that, but I think you know people started you know liking it, and I think then we had a a trip to America. And I think that's where it really opened our eyes. I think that's, I think that's the key turning point. You could yeah, say. We, I imagine. We had a quick trip, quick trip to America. It was literally nothing fancy. It was a few days over in Miami on the way to Jamaica, and we just went into a restaurant. It was just for like nothing fancy barbecue, and we we're just trying the pulled pork and the ribs and things like that. It's just like nothing you could get over here. It's like, night and day. It's get, Yeah, completely night and day. It's like over here, you couldn't get anything. The best you could get was like you're going into for like uh, uh, some of the American-themed restaurants over here. Yeah. That have a, a brand around the world. I don't know whether I'm allowed to mention it or not, but they have a big guitar. Okay. And yeah, they, yeah. Just, they just did pulled pork burgers and things like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, they're just pulled pork and things like that, but it's still the very same sweet sticky smoky sauce and when we got over it, it, into there it's like more the it's still the florida style but it was a completely different sauce and they had rub and they had rubs on the ribs and things like that and the brisket and it was just like uh, what is it <laughs> what is this stuff and it's, that was it when we came back from there that was us it. It we we're off buying uh, barbecue cookbooks <laughs>
3: Your quest quest to create the ultimate source began.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, the quest began. It's all like Steve Reichlin was the first book. I think we're on to six of his now. Mm-hmm. Uh, got Paul Kirk, and we've got quite a few of the other ones, and Bob Gibson's, and we're just making sources and rubs from there, and it's like that started us off going around the uh, southern states, just looking for the different sources, the different rubs, and just a different flavor profile so that they do
2: mm.
3: so when when did it turn into more than just making it sources for yourself and mm, trying to make it a business
1: uh, well, we originally started about f- four years ago. That's when Firefly was born and created uh under a bit of peer pressure from our friends, so like saying, you know you should you're getting good at this, you know you should start yeah. selling these and we did like some market stalls and things like that in local markets and it's like you know everyone that was tasting it, so like liked it and we started tweaking it and they liked it a bit more and then we went on to amazon and we did a, a website very sort of like amateurish at the time it's homemade labels and things like that and little pouches uh but things started getting you know a little bit busier and we decided to book ourselves on BBC Good Food Show, mm-hmm. uh, and NEC, yeah. and, you know, that's like a, a huge event over about three halls. You get about 100,000 people walking through, and there's me and Sharon sat there with a little paste table with a, a leather cloth over it and some bowls in front of us. We saw, like, some chicken with barbecue rubs on and the sauces sat behind it. I think at the time we only had about, it's about four sauces and four rubs. Yeah and big boxes and piles behind us and so like I think that was the real turning point it's like once you've got 100,000 people going past your stand and they're up, they're going around trying it and they're liking it they're liking the flavours they're liking that it's different it's not what you're getting in the shops mm-hmm. it's all the different flavours from you know the round states yeah. so it's not all the same thing which I think is one thing we found in the shops early on is so like you're looking at it, it's all like like a a dark brown sweet tomatoey sauce with a bit of smoke extract in it. Yeah,
3: like you say, I guess supermarkets, historically, not so much now, we are getting a bit more variety now, but Mm. you would just, people would just say barbecue sauce, that it was just called barbecue sauce, wasn't it? There wasn't a different variety and different strains, different flavour profiles, it was just barbecue sauce.
1: Yeah, four years ago it was barbecue sauce, just like they do a Chinese sauce. Yeah, think. and all the companies, you know, they'd have a range of a twenty sauces, and they go, right, this is our American one. Mm-hmm. We want it brown. We want it thick. We want it sweet. We want it smoky.
3: Yeah. So what? What and were your four? When you started out, you said you had four original ones. What were your four original flavors?
1: Uh, our four original flavors were Memphis Red, and it was kansas texas and the carolina mm-hmm. so and is so we carolina had the men-
3: like a mustard based source is it that
1: was yeah it's pretty much north of the. i think is it north of the river you sort they like, get the mustard based sources mm-hmm. uh, uh so it's, that's more based on like the Amer- french's american ballpark mustard and then you add the spices you've got the vinegar you've got a bit of apple and things like that. and it's just a completely different type of barbecue sauce to what you get anywhere else in the states,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it was sort of like I'm a bit more everyone could understand it as opposed to sort of like the Southern Carolina where it's more the uh, vinegar chili sauces. Yeah. But yeah, that was a, that was the first one that that sort of like confused a lot of people going and saying that's a barbecue sauce and go, but it's mustard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, that that was a good one, but it, it, it's like it. It's still, uh, I think, even after four years, it's still the Carolina one still gets every gets everybody because they're not expecting a, a mustard-based sauce. Yeah.
3: yeah, and I use it. I use it a lot. Like I'm, I'm really into the mustard-based barbecue sauce. I almost there's not many meals I don't put it on. To be honest, I just love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it just really works. Well, on with pork, mustard, and um, and beef. And it's great with a slice of brisket and things like that. Yeah,
3: I just like but, it even as a salad dressing. It's good for that as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it got. It, I think it even goes well with like, the traditional British but barbecue. Yeah. You're doing sausages, and you're doing burgers and things like that. A nice mustard sauce on top mm-hmm. still works out quite well. Yeah. So what, what uh, you've got?
3: Like you've got Memphis, you've got Kansas. Like what? What are the key differences between these flavor profiles?
1: Well, I think that's where we get it. I think on that is in some areas, I think it's very like regional. It, so we had to really look for something that was iconic and different in each of the states. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you get close to the borders, it can sort of like merge and become very, very similar. I think it's a discussion I've had with many Texans who get very passionate about their barbecues and the barbecue sauces. Uh, it's what part of Texas they're from and what they associate with. Yeah. So I, with our Texas one, we went pretty much farther south, mm-hmm. away from Kansas, so we could go for a completely different flavor profile. So it's turned out more Tex-Mex, more Mexican-themed. Mm-hmm. So we used the... Uh, some quite bigger than Mexican chilies that are, you know, massively hot, but they still have a quite a nice flavour profile to them. So it's like the, you know, the ancho, uh, the pasilla, and the guajillo chilies. Nice. So you get a nice smokiness, and you get a little bit of, you get the flavour from it, a bit of raisiny, and the smokiness from it. Uh, but again, it's a much more, it's still tomato based, but a bit more savoury. Than
3: what you would get from, say, Memphis. Yeah, and have you, uh, have you you said before you were when you were developing the Texas one, that is like that's not our, that's not our Texas. When you've spoken to Texas or Texans, oh, when I, when I've you, had, you, had yeah, Texans, yeah, I've tried. Have you got any Texans to test out your sauce? And I
1: have. Oh yeah, yeah. I, uh, every it, it is the uh, the scariest thing that you ever get when you stood there with a stall doing American barbecue and an American walks up. And that is, the, that is the most terrifying thing, is you, just, you just stand there and go, I hope, I hope I pass. I hope I pass. <laughs> <laughs> and so far, so far we are. But yeah, like at the like BBC Hampton Court shows, because uh, it's like a tourist destination. Yeah. We always seem to manage to catch either someone from Texas or someone, you know, from Louisiana or is from California, and they're just wandering through in these sea barbecues. And they just make a beeline for you, and then they start working their way up, and they go, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely Memphis. And then, well, if they're from Texas, we'll have a, discu- uh, a heated discussion about Texas, and then they go, it's from South Texas, this one. Gone. <laughs> Away from the Kansas border. We go, all oh, right, fair enough. Go, yeah, that's, yeah, me- that, that's Mexican, that is. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I think two days, uh, was it the other day, uh, we are up in Harrogate, at the Gilda Fine Food Show, and we had a Kansas, uh, guy from Kansas and a guy from Texas, uh, a lady from Texas, and they were going through it, and they liked I, either of us. He liked the Texas sauce, she liked the Kansas sauce. To so buy both. <laughs> yeah, to so buy both, but <laughs> it, it was just one of them things. that is just looking for something, you know, that stands out for Texas, uh, that is completely different to the Kansas, that is completely different to the Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think that's what we also did with the well with the Kansas sauce is that can be quite very similar uh, to quite a few of the other sauces, but we went back towards uh it's the Perry, days of Perry and Cruise Market and that sort of area when he did a quite a peppery sauce. So that again is quite different, so it, more of a black pepper. Yeah flavor rather than using okay. chillies and things like that
0: mm-hmm. yeah we've also uh, tried some of your like hot sauces and stuff and mm-hmm. and i found them, them yeah. beautiful as well i found them really tasty and and appropriate heat very uh, some of them are are really quite hot again different people will find different things hot than others but i found them all very tasty and very uh yeah, very fest, enjoyable everyone
3: was talking about them. they were like Lots of people that are, oh. some people like into hot sauce and loved them, but some people that weren't even into hot sauces that really liked them too.
1: Yeah, oh, I, th- I think they were something that we started tagging along uh, on society things because we because uh, we're doing that we're doing the barbecue thing, then it almost seems to be sort of like go hand in hand that like you want to do some form of hot sauce or something that was hot. Mm. And I think they have been a lot of trial and error, uh, as mainly because we're trying to use, you know get a flavour in there, because a lot of the hot sauces we were trying at the time were just mainly heat.
0: Yeah, and a lot of them are. <laughs> a lot of them are just heat with no no flavour really. And I, I I like hot stuff, and I go hot hot. And some of the stuff you buy that oh this yes, is hot sauce, this hot sauce that, all this stuff, and yeah. you try it and it has it has no flavor. But it seems like guys like you and Angus and Oink and, and people like that yeah. are, are starting to cotton on to how to get that heat well naturally and bring the flavor of the, the chilies, because of the, the fruitiness yeah. and stuff like that, from the chilies into a sauce. And and it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I think me, me and Scott, we, we both have a very similar approach to it. It's like you've got to start off with a flavor and you've got to have the flavor in there. And then you find out what chili goes with that and then use the real chili and not an extract Mm -hmm. because I think every time we speak to a a chili head, you know, really into the incredibly hot uh, chilies and sauces and things like that, they've all tried the ones that are like, you know, 2 million, 6 million, 8 million, 12 million Scoville units and it's like one drop of this in and they say it's, it's all an extract so the heat just hits you straight away. Burns away until you sort of like can't take it no more, and then disappears quite quickly. And you just got like slight, slight chemical taste afterwards. Yeah. And that's all it is. But if you use the real chilli, then you get the flavour profile of it, where you know where you get the more apricotty flavours. I mean, even the Carolina Reaper, insanely hot as it is, does have a, a flavour itself of its own. Mm. So it's slightly apricotty, but the flavor profiles are different. The heat profiles are different. And the uh, length of the burn is different. So it's like when we're doing it, we did uh, a ghost chili one. We did a scorpion chili, Trinidad scorpion chili. And we do the Carolina Reaper. And we, whenever people like hot sauces, we just take them up. It's like a flight of hot sauces. and They like start there, move to that one, then go to that one. And you'll taste each chili. And it's each, each of them are different. And the burn on them, how it gets you, like the goat chili is more, and scorpion chilies, because they're very similar chilies to start off with. You know, the, the burn is like straight away full mouth, and it'll, it's more like it'll get you straight away. Mm. Whereas the Carolina Reaper is, it creep up one. And it's yeah. more the back of the throat, and it's like, that number of people go, they like, try a ghost or a scorpion sauce, and that then they'll try the Carolina Reaper and they so go, I oh, it's no, that... not that hot. Yeah. And it's oh, all like creeper. three minutes later, the, the, you know, they're starting to cry and the hiccups are setting.
3: <laughs> Where's the milk?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's many times I thought you go, well, <laughs> I need something, I need something. Yeah. They reach for a glass of water and it's like, that's the point when you decide whether you like them yeah. or not. Yeah. It, do you stop them? Yeah. No. <laughs> Don't have the glass of water, mate. Go up for some milk. We know... I'm sure we should be on, that shows we should be on commission from the ice cream man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll always point people at the gelato stand and go, go there, go there. <laughs> You're running over and then come back Go, oh, That's great. <laughs>
3: yeah. You need a barbecue sauce that you can do, like give them to neutralize it again.
1: <laughs> well, I think the closest one we actually got for neutralizing it is the Amarillo. Yeah. The Peruvian ones. Mm. So, because it's mayonnaise based. Mm-hmm. It does take the edge off, strangely enough. Yeah. I think just the creaminess of the mayonnaise just takes the edge off the uh, the reaper chilli.
3: Yeah.
2: I, no, I like, think
1: we're I really, working on that, know,
3: yeah. I really like those, like, the Peruvian sort of chilli sauces, the mayonnaise-based ones. They go really well, and you can use them in all sorts of different dishes when you're cooking with them,
0: can't you? Great in a burger. Mm.
1: Yeah. I, I, I remember when we took the two jars down to q uh, Mm. and they they quickly got snappled by marcus and i think that was it the big green egg guys they snappled some as well as i started eating it with all the steaks and things like that. <laughs> garlic chili mayonnaise yeah, where perfect. you can't go wrong that's yeah, a steak.
3: <laughs> and then you also got obviously a big range of rubs as well and i noticed a lot of the names of the rubs you've got like memphis kansas and these like do you pair them up? Is it do you pair this rub with this sauce, or are they not like that? Uh,
1: uh, you can do. It, it's one of them. When we did the uh, the rubs, it was it was again trying to get the sites, the more the profiles for each of the states. But I think the way it's evolved is that some people like certain rubs and they don't like this. They don't like this the sauce, or they like it with a different sauce. Or they just want to make it their own. I mean, the Kansas sauce and the Texas—oh, god, there we go—the Kansas rub and the Texas rub. They—they've been to like our two best sellers since almost day one. The ones that we've just never tweaked yeah. or done anything to them. And they're both more, much more on the savory side. Mm-hmm. But the Kansas is much more smoky. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And got much more of your smoked salt, a bit of smoked paprika in there, and celery seed yeah which is one of our surprise ingredients that we got from America is that they really do like the celery seed and it just adds a nice little uh bite of freshness at the end you know so you can have you know you have your ribs and things like that with the rub on and things like that. you get then you just get this little bite of a celery seed and it just adds a little bit of freshness into it
3: yeah and do you use the celery seed whole or do you grind it
1: in that one we use it whole. Mm-hmm. And we've always used it all just so you can get that little nugget or so, I I think when you grind it up, you do get it in there but it can get lost mm-hmm. in amongst everything else. Whereas if you have the seed, you just get little that little bite. And uh I think like with the Texas, people do like to see that you're actually using real ingredients. You know, you're not using any sort of like flavorings or anything like that or you know, the uh you know, the chemical, you know, the like the chemistry lab that a lot of the companies use, yeah. they like to see that's a celery seed, and then they like to see bits of chilli in there, yeah. so you're not using just the whole powders and things, so they like to see, oh, that's a bit of ancho flake, mm. that's a piscilla flake, that's... and you got the seed in there, you've got the whole herbs in there, rather than grinding down.
3: Is that a not bit so of an ethos of you guys, <laughs> that you would just use all natural ingredients in your rubs and sauces?
1: Yeah, it is. I think that uh, it is part of what we... Uh, I now about i think as we've developed the company we've developed what we're doing and how we do it and where we're going with it i think one of the things is we just like to use a clean i think they call it clean labeling mm-hmm. and it's just you look on the ingredients list you can identify everything yeah. and everything is what it says it is because so you're like creatures, creatures. no
0: msg you're no fillers no anti-caking agents uh no. no preservatives, nothing like nothing whatsoever. Really, everything's uh, what natural. You You're also gluten free, I think, on all of your rubs and sauces and dairy free.
1: Yeah, that was one of the things that always surprised me. I mean, we've never done that because uh, it's just not the sort of technology we've got access to, to be honest with you, to be able to do half of, the, half of these things. But when we've been doing the BBC shows and things like that, everyone is quite conscious of you know what they're eating. And we've just tailored it accordingly. So we got asked about, oh, is this dairy-free? And I'm going, what, why, why would it be not dairy-free?
0: You'd be surprised when you look at a lot of... Mm. I mean, I already know from Ben, mm. and Ben, uh, Ben's wife is gluten-free, and, and Ben adopts a gluten-free diet for that reason. Yeah. And, uh, and the amount of rubs and sauces and stuff which, which are not gluten-free it's very rare to get one that is mm-hmm. gluten-free and he actually has to find himself steering towards certain products due to that reason and and even dairy now you you are mm-hmm. actually actively avoiding dairy as well and and that is something that yeah. so it's actually rare that it, it, to a lot of people it does mean a lot and, and also you're you're vegetarian and uh
1: yeah i think we're heading even more down that route uh i mean we just use the plain simple ingredients uh and I think I'm towards the allergy side, we're trying to go even more allergy side. You know, like we're not using dairy in everything. You know, if we are using it, it's in things like the buffalo wing sauce, which has real butter in it rather yeah. than, you know, the butter flavoring mm-hmm. and rapeseed oil. Well, you can
0: taste that as well. It's little things like that that really make a difference. So you can really taste the real butter in that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It, it's all like when we made that batch of sauce, it was like about two kilos of butter went into it. Definitely. Yeah.
3: But I think, like I you mean, said, if you can, pan,
1: obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you
3: can produce your sauces and your rubs and your flavors not using those mm. allergens and it doesn't impact on the flavor, then I don't I don't yeah. see any reason why you wouldn't do that because all you're going to do is access a bigger market. There's more people that are going to get to enjoy your products. So uh, I don't see yeah. any point in putting them in where it's we unnecessary.
1: Don't, you don't need it. I mean, the milk powders and things like that go in to give it a creamy feel. And, I mean, we've learnt a lot over the last four years uh, by being approached by various different companies, you know, to sell this sort of like add-ins and ingredients. And You've got milk powder, you've got microcrystalline cellulose is a popular term that I came came across a couple of years ago, uh, which is a natural anti-caking agent. Mm-hmm. So rather than putting the chemicals in, you can put this in. It's like, you can say, natural anti-caking agent, but again it's, a, it's something highly processed then it's basically a ground-up plant
3: yeah
1: and they use it to make placebo tablets and bulk use it as a bulk of uh i think it's uh whey powders for weightlifters and things yeah, like that yeah so you start wondering you know i think one thing that's become clear to me over like the last couple of years is like whatever food trend that's going on at the moment the manufacturers will find a way around it to make their products Exactly the same way, at a cheap cost, but still tick all the boxes that everyone's looking for.
3: Saying, so it can you'll... be like natural, but natural doesn't mean good or healthy, does it?
1: <laughs> no, it's between the EU, EU laws and things like that, you know, you go no added sugar. Mm. Right, That's an easy way around, it, you know, how do you get something with no added sugar but still a, quite a, the same level of sweetness? yeah, uh, that's a surprising thing. Mm-hmm. And still call it apple at the end of the day. And the last time it saw an apple was about, you know, three processing plants ago. <laughs> but yeah, that's that, that's an, another new one, you know. And it's you know, like uh the, you know, the fat free mayonnaise. You know, how do you make a fat free mayonnaise when it's ninety percent oil normally? Yeah. <laughs> if you ever try making your own mayonnaise it's like ninety percent fat. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then an egg and a bit of lemon juice. And some yeah, and that's it. Yeah, whiskey whiskey whiskey, whiskey,
0: whisk and then that's it. So how can you make something where the actual main ingredient is fat, fat-free?
1: Mm. Yeah, and I could tell you, <laughs> if you like, <laughs> it's now 90% water. Yeah. Uh, and I think the ingredient, citrus powder. Mm-hmm. You just mix the two together, put it under pressure, and it absorbs 50 times its volume, and gives you the same creamy umami feel. So they just find a way around it. Mm. So I think just using the plain, simple ingredients so people know what they're doing. Don't use an anti caking agent. You know, if you're using Muscovado sugar, it is gonna clump up. But you get you get you'll get that. But you still get then the uh molasses taste and things like that. That gives you a nice colour to your ribs or your pork. You know, if you use Hungarian paprika that gives you a nice a nice taste and it also gives you a nice colour to the meat rather than sort of like going for all these colourings and things like that. Just use a better quality ingredient Mm -hmm. and do that. I I think that's the route we've gone down now is just trying to source, you know, good quality ingredients and use them rather than sort of like trying to fill out with chemicals or anything like that. I think now we're looking at tamari to replace is now replacing our soy sauce. So, you know, even though you're looking at, you know, gluten-free and then you start going on, you know, what counts as gluten-free? What's Mm -hmm. the parts per million you need? Yeah. So, you know, Worcestershire sauce or soy sauce, they contain trace gluten because of the barley and things like that. So now we're looking at things like tamari Mm -hmm. and trying to look at something that we can replace Worcestershire sauce with to still get the same... Yeah, same let, let me know flavor. when you find it. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> we, might, we might have found it. <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm not sure. It's, I think it's something called Henderson's Relish. I'm just trying to look at it. We looked at it because it's not got any fish in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so you can be again, vegan then as well. Uh, yeah, quite a few of ours, I think, count as vegan. I think the only thing that count, uh only one of our, couple of our sources that use the Worcester sauce are the only ones that aren't vegan.
0: So you can start spicing up your tofu with some firefly rubs and stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have tried that. You can blame Steve Ryken for that. I promise I totally you, do. tofu, if you, if you season pop. and flavour
0: tofu. It can be fantastic. I, I personally think so, anyway. I'm not. I'm no vegetarian by any means. Uh, yeah, you are. A complete, I saw you eating a vegetarian the lasagna the other
1: Hold on, this isn't going to go on well on a barbecue podcast. I <laughs> love it. No, no. Yeah, I'll have to edit that one out. <laughs> I've got a photo of Dan
3: eating a vegetarian lasagna. He won't let me post it. He's a liar.
1: Oh, no. No. Can't. Uh, you uh, blind mail him with that one. <laughs>
3: And on your or your dot uh, FireflyBarbecue.eu, and you also now sell pro qs and uh, and accessories and stuff on the website as well.
1: Oh yeah, uh, uh, it's all in the pro because I uh, we met while well, we met Ty and Georgina down at QFest. I've had a pro queue for the last couple of years in the backyard, and back out. I mean, it's it's still all in one piece and. Now got a bit of rust on it, and it's been one of the best barbecues I've had mm-hmm. for a long for a long time it It's just built to last plus they're a british company yeah. and you you can't help but try you know try and support British barbecue in any form it's uh yeah, I put them onto the website uh and they they've been going great I don't know and I'm trying to get some uh, wood dust and wood chunks and mm-hmm. things like that from Another guy down south.
3: Awesome. So you'll become like a little one-stop shop for a few little um, barbecue items and you can get everything stocked up from you
1: guys. Yeah. I mean, I think that's roughly what... When we like to do the we do the rubs and we do the sauces, but sometimes, you know, you just want to get everything from one place rather than shopping around mm-hmm. everywhere. Saves your postage so got,
3: a bit as well, don't you? You've got to pay postage on a few different websites. And yeah. you got to pay... One go
1: get it all in one go and once you get past I think it's about £40 it's like free delivery mm-hmm.
0: but also it's sort of like so, natural progression for people if they're on there buying your sauces and rubs and stuff and using it on stuff yeah. in the oven and pans that's absolutely fine they're getting the flavours and then maybe they might then think okay well actually I really like this let's take it a step further they go back to you, you've got smokers they can get one of those and start yeah. learning how to smoke things using your rubs and sauces and stuff and it's like a natural progression thing as well for people because like not everyone's going to go oh I want some nice barbecue rub on a steak but I'm not going to smoke it, I'm not going to sear it on the barbecue, they just want to cook it in a pan which is still absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with that at all. But it's it's something that you're providing now which is like natural progression where people can actually go, actually yeah I want to go to the next stage. What is the next stage? Let's buy a Pro-Q or let's buy an afterburner, let's get some charcoal, let's get some smoking wood and it, it's a chance for them to grow. It
1: is. That's exactly the same thing. Not everyone's comfortable doing a barbecue, especially in this country, it's more of uh, barbecue is still new to us, and we're still one of the few countries. I, I think it sticks in my mind when uh, Steve Reichlin said there are about four or five countries in the entire world that does not have a barbecue country, uh, culture and never has had, and the UK is one of them. And that is so, like surprised me. So it's nothing to do with the weather because they're barbecuing up in Russia, they're barbecuing in Greenland. And it's, you know... So you have to go with the frying pan, you, you know, you can use them in the oven, you can use them under the grill, and then you go, well, maybe I want to try, you know, upping my game a little bit, and get a little bit more flavour in there, I want a bit more smoking you get, whether it's a Weber kettle, or you get a, a pro-Q, and you start on that, and you start on the wood chunks. I and mean, then you start talking to people about the different types of wood. And Join a the forum
0: like country Wood smoke, and start mm. sharing stuff, and... <laughs>
1: yeah i i was i was busy uh uh plugging marcus and c w s at the b b c show so we had a little poster up we redid his poster for him stuck that up and there's always so I say we're going through different woods with people and you go oh, just have a join about forum. there's about eight thousand members. go have a have a quick chat on there you got any awesome. questions ask up you probably get about thirty different answers and every single one would be right for somebody Cause I've never seen Like everyone has their own opinions none of them are wrong they're all right you've just got to find out what suits you
0: yeah give it a go, best way to learn
1: yeah it's like, it's like if you find you know hickory's too strong go for another fruit woods you're finding that's too strong half the amount that you're doing onto it you're overcooking it maybe you want to look at Ask about how you do your vents. Do you open the top ones? Do you open the bottom ones? Should you get a thermometer? Should you get a barbecue guru?
3: Yeah, that's exactly exactly, and that's what you need—a community that can help with that. So cool! Well, thanks for being on today's show, mate. If if anyone wants to find out more and buy more sauces and stuff like that, then they can check you out on your website. But you're also at a few sh- more shows again this year. You've got the Smoke and Fire at Malden, Essex, and you're doing Hampton Court BBC Good Food and Probably at the next NEC yeah. again, I guess, at the Good Food
1: Show. Uh, yeah, we might be at the NEC. Uh, I think we are also might be going down to visit Alex this year at the Children's Chili Festival. Oh,
2: yeah,
1: cool. uh, uh, Yeah, I think we've missed the big meet this year. I'll try and catch up with uh, that next year. I think next year we're going to do a lot more of the barbecue ones mm-hmm. rather than the BBC ones. Uh, and maybe head around Europe for a few of them as well. we awesome. try and get uh, grill stock, I think, next year.
3: Awesome. Sounds uh, good. You've got lots of stuff on the horizon, and we'll see your products getting out there more and more, hopefully.
1: Yeah, hopefully. This year is uh, – I think I think it's this year that we've decided that we're going to try and do this as a full-on business.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. Cool. Best of luck to you, bro. Everyone get on and check out Firefly Barbecue, guys. Order the sauces and rubs, and and check out the barbecues and other accessories and stuff that's on on there now. Which there's there's a lot, and uh, and yeah, thank you very much for coming on. now. it's been great chatting to you.
1: Okay, that's been great.
0: And hopefully yeah. see you soon. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, hopefully yeah, we should we should meet up again soon.
0: Definitely, bro. Cheers. Cheers, oh, bro. Okay. Bye. Bye. You're listening to United, United Q podcast. Q. Q. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smoke with Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top notch service and free advice for beginners to pit masters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet supply in the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. Whether it's smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks... You can find them at SmokeWithShack.com and you can find them on Twitter at SmokeWithShack.